0: Welcome to episode number 18 of the Debt-Free Dad podcast. Today, we are revealing the 10 most common budget busters to look out for on your journey to financial freedom. Stay tuned.
1: Welcome to the Debt-Free Dad podcast, where we're helping normal everyday people learn how to save money and kick debt so they can live a happier and stress-free life. Now here's your host, Debt Free Dad, Brad Nelson.
0: Hey, hey, hey. What is going on everybody? Welcome to today's show. You can find me on Facebook, Pinterest, YouTube, and Instagram. Just search Brad Nelson Debt Free Dad, and we would love to connect with you. Hey guys, how you doing?
2: I'm fantastic. How are you?
0: I'm doing great. I'm really excited about today's show. We're talking all about budget busters. And uh, as you guys know, budgeting is not easy. It takes time. It takes practice. We've been doing this for well over 10 years in our house. And there are still months that can catch us off guard. But I can say that with practice that we've definitely gotten better. So today we want to take some time and talk a little bit about these areas where I see not only in our family, but also in other people's families and helping people with their personal finances where uh, some of these items come up and they tend to uh, knock people off of their game plan and kind of mess up their budgets. And we want to kind of focus on on these 10 big things. So I'm assuming you guys have experienced some budget busters in your life, right?
2: Never. I've been a pro at this the whole time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. So let's talk about the first one. And this is probably, uh, Amber, you know this as much as, as I do. You've been a part of the Roots community <laughs> and helping us out here with Life Without Payments. And we ask this question a lot. You know, What do you think you overspend the most on? and And I would say almost all the time. I wish every time I think the winner is always restaurants and coffee. Would you not, you you obviously oh, definitely.
2: agree. And it was for us as well. It still is. We still have to be very mindful of eating out restaurants and all that stuff.
0: Yeah. Well, not right yeah. now, because we're right now in the middle of quarantine, <laughs> which is pretty we could still,
2: we could still order in.
0: Yeah. Which we probably should have put a little asterisk on this before we started this. Cause this is like when we get back to normal, like if you're stuck at home, you're like, I ain't spending money, any money going on out to eat right now. <laughs> when you get back to normal, you most certainly will. According to the U S Bureau of labor uh, statistics back in September of 2019, they said that the average family. Uh, or household spends $3,459 a year on going out to eat. That comes out to $288 a month on going out to eat expenses. That's a lot of money.
2: Um, yeah, I don't doubt it, though. I think we were spending more when we first started. When I, we first did our budget and went back and looked at how much money we were spending, that was definitely higher than that.
1: Yeah, for us, too. I mean, this is restaurants and coffee uh, easily. And I would still say, yeah, I mean, I've, I've, uh, you know, at this point I'm debt free, but that is, uh, still one of our monthly things we always look at. And we typically do our uh, budget and like Fridays every week is when we get paid, we put money in our envelopes. And sometimes by Sunday night, we're like, we don't have any money left to go out to eat.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So like I mean, let's be clear about this. It's it's okay to go out to eat. It's just, this is an area where if you're not paying attention to where your money's going, <laughs> I've seen some people uncover hundreds and hundreds, well over this $288 a month statistic. Uh, I've had some people come back to me and say that they were spending well over a thousand. I've even had a few individuals on a rare occasion say over $2,000 a month going out to eat. Uh, and obviously they're not just paying cash for that. They're, they're putting it on credit cards. So uh, it's okay to go out to eat. I think th- the goal here is just to come up with a reasonable ba- a number that allows you to reach your financial goals, allows you to still save up for an emergency fund, and allows you to still pay down some debt. But I mean, it- food is everywhere. I mean, it's it's everywhere. I can literally walk two blocks from my house and have access to four different restaurants in a convenience store. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's, it's literally everywhere you go. So uh, to think that you can cut this out completely is, is ludicrous. So you've got to come up with just more of a reasonable number. Uh, the next one is unplanned shopping. So listen to this statistic. The average American makes three. Uh, this one kind of blew me away. The average American makes three impulsive purchases every week. Or 156 per year, according to a recent one poll study commissioned by Slick Deals, and it's estimated we will spend. Check this out: over three hundred thousand dollars in our lifetime on impulse purchases. So I did the math on this, guys. That means from. The time you're a legal adult of 18 to 79 years old, which is the life expectancy, average life 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 expectancy right now, I rounded up just a little bit on that one. That comes out to four thousand six hundred eighty-seven dollars and fifty cents a year on impulse purchases. That is a big number.
2: Yeah, what are they buying? I don't know,
0: <laughs> but you just think about. I mean, you think about all the random stuff that you can buy. I mean, it's so easy just to oh, you're in the store, oh, I need this, or you find, like, my wife's notorious for this, and she'll probably kick my butt for hanging her out to dry with this, but seriously, we'll, we'll be driving to a store and not even talking about what she finds in the store or anything, all of a sudden she gets in the store and she's like, she finds items that she just can't live without, and it's like, well, wait a minute, five minutes ago, you had no idea that thing even existed. And now you act like you can't even live without
2: it. <laughs> but that's okay. I that's a Costco run. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's always something you need at Costco that you didn't know you needed before you walked in the door. So okay, I can see the four thousand dollars now.
0: <laughs> right. Right.
2: Yeah. And
1: if I think, and I think back, you know, when we had our, you know, our kids were younger and we'd go to the store, I mean, I can't, I mean, there's countless times when it was like, Hey, we're good. You can have a little treat. You know, I didn't go in there to buy a pack of M&Ms, a pack of gum and a candy bar. Um, it's not what, it's not why I went, but you just do, you don't even think about it. You just do those things. You go to the store for three things. You come out with five. And you're just like, and and the stores are set up, especially grocery stores. I mean, stores are set up in the way to make you want to do that. I mean, there's a reason all that stuff is in the checkout lane when you check out because they know, ooh, that looks good, and you're going to grab it.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The uh, we're going to talk about this on another point that we have coming up, but the whole selling yourself and telling yourself it's only this amount of money, right? How many, how much money <laughs> have we wasted telling ourselves that it's only? That much. It's not that big of a deal. It's only that much money. There's actually a meme that went around for for quite a while uh, here in early 2020, and it says, how do you waste $10,000 in one year? Just by spending $27.40 a day. That's, I mean, if you break it down, <sighs> it's easy just to say, oh, $27.40 isn't that much every day. But for some people, that could be if you've, if you're going out to eat, like we talked about in the first one, it's like, that could be lunch and dinner every day. You know, I mean, it's easy to spend $27.40 and, and waste $10,000 a year just by spending that little bit amount every single day. The next one we want to talk about is uh, credit cards and credit card minimum payments. And uh, I've mentioned this quite a bit on several episodes here. And and what I find is that, you know, people aren't always under, there are some people that have a lot of credit card debt, but what I tend to find is people have, you know, the average amount of credit card debt, but they have a lot of credit card accounts, And that means that every single one of those credit card accounts has a minimum payment. And those minimum payments eat up their income very, very quickly, which makes it really hard for them to make any headway on actually paying off any debt and and getting some of these uh, credit cards checked off and paid off. Uh, The average revolving credit card debt as of December 2019 is roughly a little over $7,000 according to nerdwallet.com. And they also say credit card interest adds up. They say U.S. households are carrying credit card debt from month to month. They will pay on average interest of $1,162 a year. That's almost $100 a month in just interest charges on credit card debt. I mean, to me, that's a huge budget buster. 100 bucks is a lot of money. And then, if you figure in a couple with children, they pay a little bit more on average, pretty close to almost fourteen hundred dollars a year in annual credit card interest charges because they're not paying off uh, that credit card debt. And of course, obviously, you also have the credit card fees and and all of those. I mean, we talk about on the show all the time, guys. I mean, I mean, credit cards have just got to go. They're just not unless you're paying them off every month. That's one thing. But if if you're not paying them off every month, it's it's just going to wreak havoc in your life.
1: Oh, 100%. I mean, you look at that 1382, you know, if you I don't I don't know what people's budgets are for Christmas, but let's just assume you have a $1000 a year budget for Christmas. I mean, you're basically just paying potentially over that year, you're in t- over 4, you know, almost 100 if you're single, not have kids, $162 or almost $400 more than what your Christmas budget is just on interest of the stuff you bought. So you're paying The stuff you bought, you're paying the interest on that for a year, you know, or two years or three years, depending on how long you take to pay it off.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's unbelievable. I mean, and obviously, you know, credit card companies have now have have had a say, you know, if you only make the minimum payment, here's how long it's going to take you to pay this (laughs) off. And it's crazy to look at that. It's crazy to look at that, but just know that those credit card interests and fees are nickel and diming your budget, and some cases quite a bit. So you may want to keep an eye on those and, and make it a plan to get those things paid off. Another one we're ta- when we're talking about fees, it, this is a big one too for a lot of people, especially when they're living paycheck to paycheck and they're living without a budget, is overdraft bank fees and ATM fees, and people are usually shocked to hear this, but banks make billions, billions of dollars a year on just overdraft fees alone. Overdraft fees are, are simply just overdrafting your checking account because you just don't have enough money in there. Uh, and, and in a lot of cases, just because you don't have a plan and you're, you're not watching your money and you're just not very organized and these fees could easily be avoided by just paying attention to your finances. In fact, they also say that 58% of the surveyed banks that charge overdraft fees indicated that they also charge continuous overdraft fees for accounts that remain negative for several days. What does this mean? That, this means, like, you know, that $8 McDonald's value meal that you needed could end up costing you. Tons of money in overdraft fees because you swipe the card and uh, caused another uh, bill to to bounce and it didn't get paid. And in fact, my wife tells a story often where she ordered some flowers for somebody just to be nice. And that bouquet of flowers when she was broke ended up costing her several hundred of dollars in overdraft fees because she didn't have the money. And when she spent that money on those flowers, it caused all of this other domino effect to happen where she wasn't able to cover the bills that she had sent out uh, checks for
2: Even those little bank fees, the dollar, the dollar 50, the 50 cents. um, I always used to say, you know, oh, that's okay. I could use a different bank machine. They're just going to charge me. It's only a dollar. So like you said earlier, it's only this much. It's okay. I can spend that. I would say that about those bank fees all the time. I couldn't imagine going back and looking at how much I actually just let only that go through.
0: Yeah. I'm the same way. When I was in my early 20s, I I still remember I was working for a sign company. Uh, And I remember going to an ATM and, you know, back then I I just didn't care. So immature and stupid, (laughs) I literally would pay, not kidding, $5 ATM fee to get out like 50 bucks. Like <laughs> stupid. I mean, that's like ten. That's a ten percent charge on that money. That is unbelievably dumb. Now, back in the day when I was doing this, they didn't have what they have today, where you could go buy just a few things at a store and and get the money, you know, and get ca- like a cash withdrawal with that purchase, right? They didn't have that stuff going on back then. So, so I just paid it because I didn't have any money, and I did that over and over and over again. So I'm with you, Amber. I can't even tell you how many stupid fees I paid back in my early 20s. All right, let's talk about phones and phone plans. Uh, these things are expensive. I mean, uh, I mean you look at some of these, especially if you got a family. And Ryan, maybe you could talk a little bit about this. I don't know if your kids have phones or how that all works for you guys or what you guys are spending. But uh, our kids aren't old enough just yet. I mean, my my oldest son Noah just turned 10. Uh, about four months ago. So it'll be a little bit before he gets a phone. But when I look at people's budgets, when I'm doing one-on-one coaching calls, it's not uncommon for me to see, you know, on the high end, sometimes three to $400 a month going out to some of these phone bills. And and not only just the phones, I'm sorry, the, the bill and the service itself, but for the phones themselves, because obviously if you've got the latest and greatest phone, Uh, you're also making that monthly kind of payment on that phone as well. And if you you have three or four of these going on, it gets pretty expensive pretty quick.
1: It's not cheap. There's no doubt about it. Um, I mean, we've all, I mean, yeah, all of our kids have phones. So we've got a family of five. I don't, I don't, I don't have a personal phone, uh, but the other, obviously we've got four phones. And yeah, so you're looking at it with all phones paid, not, you know, not including like we're not making payments on phones. I mean, our bill is right around $200 a month just for the, just for the phone bill. So if we had four, you know, if we wanted to keep up to the latest and greatest, I mean, you're probably looking at 40 to $50 a month payment on each phone. So we could easily be looking at, you know, four to $500 a month on a phone bill if everybody's keeping up with the latest and greatest. And uh, yeah, that's, it's, a, and we used to do that. I mean, bottom line, we used to, you know, just upgrade our phone. Hey, two years is up. Let's get the new one. And just they'll, you don't have to pay interest on the phone. So it's a good deal, Yeah, you know? So you just pay every month the the amount of the phone, but it can get very, very expensive.
0: Yeah. And, and the phones kind of like what we talked about in the car episode, phones aren't getting any cheaper. <laughs> They're just, they just keep getting more and more expensive. It's almost like to the point where I'm, we're kind of, uh, we Are an Apple family, and we have all Apple products. And it's like you look at the the latest iPhones. It's like I can I can buy a a freaking computer, an Apple computer laptop for the amount that they're charging now for some of these iPhones. And and that's not going any way any away anytime soon. And that's the other thing you got to keep in mind too when we look at the depreciation of these phones. These phones aren't going up in value; they're going down in value. And if you're constantly putting a good chunk of your money every single month into one of these phones. That's not a really good plan either. So maybe looking at possibly upgrading, but maybe upgrading to a later model, not necessarily uh, the newer model. We're going to be back with the next five budget busters after the break here. Stay tuned. Hey, if you love planners, this is for you. Do you know why planners frustrate me though? Because they only get it half right. Now, sure, they're really fancy at helping you manage your time, which is really important, obviously, but where they get it wrong is money. Now, I believe that there are two important resources that you need to have control of in your life to have success. One is time, and the other one is your money, and most planners don't include any financial planning, and that's frustrating. Things like keeping track of paydays and when bills are due, spending habits, yearly expenses, budgets, cash flow planning, debt elimination plans, goal planning. These things are a real pain in the butt because then you have to create your own. And who has time for all that? So instead, what happens for most of us? Nothing. We tend to ignore our finances even more and things only get worse. Well, that can all end today. I am so excited to announce the release of my brand new, totally awesome Debt Freedom Planner here this year. Now, before you say, Brad, I already have a planner. Now, I'm going to hear it tell you that this is not an ordinary day planner. This debt freedom planner is a companion tool that works with your day planner to help you save more money, pay off debt, and melt away financial stress. This is the tool that we've all been waiting for. Also, if you're not a paper person, maybe you love spreadsheets or electronic versions, we've got a digital version available to you as well. So head on over to the realdebtfreedad.com. click on the debt freedom planner in the menu at the top of the page. Get all those details and order your very own Debt Freedom Planner today. Hey guys, welcome back. We are talking about the 10 most common budget busters that you should be aware of while you're going through your budget. You may be finding that You're always upside down or you never have enough money to make ends meet. And uh, these 10 areas are the most common uh, areas that most people tend to struggle with. The next one uh, is subscriptions guys. And, and subscription based pricing has become literally all the rage lately. I mean, there are so many different product offerings over the last five years that have now turned into more of a subscription based pricing plan. I've seen, uh, there were you know some uh vehicles, some ma- auto manufacturers that are coming out with uh subscription-based pricing for for vehicles. Even uh, I have seen Panera Bread, uh, they came out with a subscription-based price for their coffee. Uh, there's I saw a, sub- a subscription subscription for pickles. Even I mean, there's just there's all of these different plans. The Dollar Shave Club, like just all of these different plans out there that are low cost, but It kind of goes back to that mentality of it's only. And these low-cost subscriptions can definitely bleed your bank account. There's no question.
2: Oh, they still do. I had I just recently cut out a couple of them because I'm like, why am I paying for these? (laughs) (laughs) I'll add them. It sounds like, oh, yes, I'll use that. And then I go a week and they're two weeks and then I stop using it and forget to cancel. So that's something that... Watch your bank account, because seriously, they add up. Nine yeah. ninety nine, seven ninety nine, they add up.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think you know, for the low cost, it's easy to mentally sell yourself on that. Again, it's only I, I'll use it. I'll get some value out of it. But then, month after month goes by, and you're still not using it.
1: They give you a third. You know, in a lot of cases, they give you that free trial for a reason. You know, they they know that there's a good chance like me, uh, that I'm not canceling it or I'm going to forget, uh, you know, even if you only forget a month, you know, in some cases I've done subscriptions where it's like you sign up for something to get access to it and you look and you're like, Oh, $99. And now you just paid $99 for this thing for the year. You didn't even really want it, but now they got your money. Um, so, and I've done that. Mul- I can't even count how many times I've done it. Yeah.
0: The ones that always have caught me off guard even to today. Um, are some of the app subscriptions. There were a couple apps that uh, I've I've really liked based on kind of where I was and what I was doing. And there were yearly or annual subscriptions though. So the following year, all of a sudden I'd go through and go through our bank account and all of a sudden I see a transaction for a charge from, I was like, what is this? And I go on you know, iTunes and figure out like what, what the purchase was. And it was for this app that I'd bought a year ago and they're charging me for another year. So those ones tend to catch me off guard more so than the monthly ones, I think, uh, just because a, a year is quite a bit of time and you tend to forget about it, especially if you're not using that app or you don't have any value in that app anymore, or maybe you just didn't like the app to begin with. Uh, the other one we want to talk about is a big, uh, probably a, probably one of the biggest expenses inside your budget is going to be groceries uh the Euro, us bureau of labor statistics said uh roughly $372 a month is spent on groceries now that's the average that includes obviously single people and people with families so that number is probably not too accurate for a lot of us in fact i asked my roots members because i saw this number and i was like this just seems really low um and it is low. That's that's the national average, but it is extremely low for most people. If you're if you're a family of three, four, five, or six, I mean, the numbers start climbing up to four, five, six, seven, eight hundred dollars a month, uh, in some cases, depending on uh, where you live.
1: I would say during the uh, this uh, coronavirus lockdown, my grocery budget is through the roof (laughs) because my my new hobby is eating and then maybe when i'm done i'll go get something to eat (laughs) that's literally all i feel like i'm doing i'm just like snack and then i'm like i'll make some lunch and oh maybe i'll make some cookies
2: uh what else do we want i've been baking bread over here i don't know about you guys (laughs) you were making bread well i took i took credit for it paul made it
0: (laughs) (laughs) That surprises me even more that Paul made it. Wow. Good for him. I would not not have taken him for that. Uh, The other area where some people are a little shocked to find, though, is it's not necessarily always what you spend on groceries, but it's what you throw away on groceries, too. I found this statistic uh, crazy from savethefood.com. They've got some interesting statistics on this website. A family of four throws away 15 on average throws away $1500 in food per year throws away that much food that comes out to $124 a month in wasted food wow and even if you think about like you go out to a restaurant and you get leftovers how many of us have gotten leftovers from a restaurant you throw them in the fridge and then Sometimes you tend to forget that they're in there, and three or four days later, that styrofoam container doesn't really hold up, and everything is kind of solid as a rock, right? (laughs) (laughs) It's the same thing. Look, you think about just how much food you might be throwing away and wasting because of either poor planning or just overconsumption. There's only so much food that we can actually eat. So this could be another area that you want to definitely keep an eye on. Another big area for a lot of people is car payments and repairs. Now, we've done entire episodes on these topics, but it's one to it's one to keep in mind. If, if you're constantly coming up negative with your budget, you may find that your car payments are way too expensive for the money that you make. The average car payment right now is about $550 a month, uh, and car repairs are definitely going to happen. You just have to make sure you start working and planning for it. But it's amazing to me how many people will say, uh, emergency came up, my car broke down. Well, that's not really an emergency because car is going to break down. That's what they do. They, they break, they don't work, and you've got to fix them. So you have to find a way with being able to afford a car payment along with also being able to afford those regular repairs that are going to need to be uh, made on those uh, vehicles. Uh, let's talk a little bit about home repairs, guys. This one's this one's a big one. Ryan, I know you've mentioned this on this podcast too, and, and you guys had recently bought a home and you guys have put some work into this, but a lot of people are shocked to find that you know when you go and purchase a house, a lot of people are always just concentrated on the payment. You know, It's just the payment that I have to make. And The scary thing is, though, it's not just the payment because when you own your house, you also have to do what? You have to maintain that house. And they say average repair costs could be anywhere between 1% to 3% on the overall value of the home. So let's just use some simple math on a average home cost. This is average U.S. home cost, according to Google, is around $226,000 right now. If so, if you figure 2% of that home's value for repair costs that year on that house, that comes out to 40, a little over $4,500 a year. That's a lot of money. And it's not that hard to spend $4,500 in repair costs on a house. So, uh, well, I don't know, Ryan, what do you think about this? I'm currently renting. I mean, I've owned some homes in the past and I know for us, this caused us to go further into debt. Cause we just didn't have the money to pay for, for the home repairs. We, we use the, you know, the home Depot credit card and, and the visa to finance a lot of those home projects.
1: Yeah. I mean, for us, I mean, this, we bought a house uh, it's been six years now. And I, I would say this is fairly accurate for us. Um, you know, we bought a home and, you know, we've had We've had to fix the furnace. Uh, we had a, a back patio door that rotted out. We had to repair. Um, we just had the water heater replaced this year because it, it just started leaking. I can't, you know, I think <clears throat> in a lot of ways you can, you know, with a car, maybe you can kind of like ignore a problem and maybe get some use out of it. But when your water heaters broke, nobody's taking a shower, at least <laughs> not in hot water. So you can't ignore it or just hope that it, you know, we, you can make it last. So, um, but yeah, I would say easily for us in the last probably five years, you know, we're probably in that 10 to $12,000 range in repairs that we've had to, to come up with, uh, to maintain the house. And this is one area where I look at, if you're going to buy a home, you got a budget for this. because a house is going to increase in value. So it is the one purchase you're going to make that it's going to benefit you to keep it up and keep it repaired. So if you ignore it and you do let it go to shambles and you want to sell it, you're going to pay for that when you sell it. Absolutely. Um, And so that's just for me personally, this is one area you really got to make sure you're budgeting for is keeping up your home.
0: Next and last area. Unless uh, Amber, you're going to share her, sh- Amber's got a bonus tip for you all that I did not include in <laughs> these. So she's going to, she's going she's gonna to give us a bonus tip after this one. But the last one is medical bills. And this one's tough because here in the United States, Amber, some people might consider you guys lucky up in Canada and, and you maybe share a little bit of your, your maybe viewpoint on that. But uh, here in the United States, you know, just the health insurance and medical costs is just crazy right now and this is in my opinion probably the one debt that you just can't avoid at some point in your life you're going to have medical bills it's it's going to happen like you know a couple years ago 3 years ago my wife had emergency gallbladder surgery and she had medical bills we had to, we had to pay them now luckily we had a sizable savings and and it took us a few months to kind of make it all work and get get it all paid off but it's going to happen. We had a daughter who had complications during her birth and we literally spent all of 2019 taking care of those bills um, and getting all of those things paid off. I mean, medical bills are going to happen, but here's what I can tell you. A lot of people say, well, you know, I, I, I'll never be able to get out of debt because of medical bills or, or medical bills are just going to keep me down. And yeah, I mean, in some cases I can see the argument, but at the same time, if you've got a good plan, if you're got a good emergency fund, if you have less debt and payments, if you're not crazy deep in car payments and all this other stuff, when those medical emergencies do hit, it'll, you know, having a good financial plan allows you to bend without breaking. We've been through some pretty crappy times when it came to medical bills and they're not fun to pay. It's uh, so frustrating opening up some of those statements and seeing some of those numbers. It's unbelievable what they charge. But at the same time, we were able to make it work, get them all taken care of, and it's done and it's over with now. And uh, we were able to bounce back very, very quickly from some of those big major events. But when you don't have a plan, those medical bills can hang out for a long time. They can go into collections and they can make your life pretty miserable. So uh, make sure you just got a good plan for some of that stuff.
1: I, I think too, it's important. I mean, you, you kind of, you know, when you talk about medical bills and then medical emergencies, and I think, you know, from a medical a medical bill. So I, what what you don't want to do, and this is what we used to do, we would be like, oh, we had to pay all these medical bills. And it was like stuff that you, if you're going to have kids, you got to know they're going to have to go to the doctor. So them getting sick and getting the flu and having to go to the doctor isn't necessarily like, an emergency. And if you're putting that on a credit card, it's because you're not budgeting for that family. Or if your wife is pregnant and expecting a baby, planning a family is part of budgeting. So you are going to have a bill from the hospital for having that baby. So you should have a plan to pay for it. That's not necessarily an emergency. So I think there is a difference for people to understand that when people, and I used to do this, like, oh, all these medical bills, but majority of those were bills and not a medical emergency that I had no choice.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. You know, when we had our daughter Avery we worked really close with the with the hospital and sat down with the finance department, and they actually gave us uh, real quotes for uh, the labor, the delivery, and obviously they had said, you know, this is just if everything goes right. And unfortunately, in our situation, it didn't go right and ended up being way more than they ever said it was going to be. But we did have that money pre-set aside for all of those bills. So we did budget for it very early on, very much like Ryan just explained. So you're, you're absolutely right. There is definitely a difference between that emergency and just those regular bills for sure. All right, Amber, hey, the floor is yours. What is your
2: yeah. <laughs> extra well, tip that
0: you want to share? And I, I have a feeling this is probably more a personal thing for Amber. <laughs> it,
2: it might be, but a budget buster for for us has been travel, just unplanned not like you know planned out properly or um that impulse oh somebody just went on a nice hot warm tropical holiday let's book that so like it's that unplanned budget buster that we have run into
0: oh yeah you're from canada and you're what i think you're about eight hours north of me but we still get the same type of weather so Mm -hmm. i i not as much snow holy, holy Lord, not as much snow, <laughs> It's <laughs> but, almost gone. <laughs> yeah, right. It's almost gone. It's mid April. Um, but at the same time, I understand that pain. Like it, when it's cold and you're seeing some of your friends and family down going to Jamaica, going to Mexico, it's really hard. Uh, especially when you're debt free and you do have a savings account, it's like, Oh, we could just use a little bit of that emergency fund to take a vacation. <laughs> it's so Definitely. easy to talk yourself into that. Absolutely. Yep. This is a good point. Yeah. And for,
1: I mean, so I'm totally on the, on board with Amber. Um, when we had kids, we got bit by the Disney bug when they were younger and there were multiple, uh, I wouldn't say like, Hey, we're leaving tomorrow, but it was definitely, we had no business booking it or, or going, but it was more impulsive. Like, man, we should really do that. Yeah. Let's do it. And we would just book it because we want to have that experience again.
0: Hey, Hey, what's inside? I see? I thought this was a party. Let's dance. All right. that sound means it's time for the celebrations of the show. And today we got some really, really great celebrations. We're going to kick it off with Shannon, who says she has $3,000 towards debt. Just got an email that her car, insur- current, car insurance is issuing a refund for 15% of the premium with so many people working from home. I thought that was awesome. And I didn't even have to call and harass them. So good for you, Shannon. That's awesome.
2: And Christy Wright, $3,300 towards paying off her car.
1: Wow, that's impressive. Good for you, Christy. Uh, Christina Malmberg, uh, staying on course and paid 1200 extra of debt this week. So many times I wanted to give into old online shopping habits because it's truly a coping addiction. It doesn't help any since I've had so much bonus money being dropped in my bank. You truly do need a solid why in times like this as it's the only thing keeping me on course. Yeah. Wow. There is
0: so much wrapped up in that little celebration right there. <laughs> yeah. um, but awesome for her. Great job, Christina. And she just gave us an update since, uh, I think it was October, the last five months or so, she has now paid off well over $10,000 in debt now. Uh, just huge accomplishment. Just amazing for her. So that's awesome. Uh, Mary Souther paid $2, 2, I am sorry, $298.42. More towards uh, debt and credit card is paid off. Good for you. Congratulations.
2: And Tiana Swanson added $500 to her savings account and paid uh, all of May's bills. Commission was deposited and paid $634 to medical bills. Way awesome.
1: Yeah, Way to go, Tiana. Now, Denise Day paid off the truck this week. Done. Now I can snowball for the last item other than the mortgage, which is the family car. I am one bill away from flexibility other than my mortgage, and that is so reasonable. Less than $800 a month. I feel so grateful. So close. So
0: close. Yep, absolutely. (laughs) Yep. And other drives like that paid for car. There's nothing like it. Uh, That is awesome. Congratulations to you, Denise. All right, everyone. Thanks for hanging out with us for the show today. Remember, just keep an eye on those budget busters as you're working out your monthly budgets. And hey, we love your feedback, and it also helps us grow our podcast. So please leave us an honest review on Apple Podcasts. We read every single one of those. And as you know, the Debt-Free Dad Podcast is here to help you live a happier and stress-free financial life. So if you know someone who could benefit from our show, please give us a share. We appreciate you guys tuning in, and we will see you on an upcoming episode. Take care.
1: Thanks for listening to the Debt-Free Dad Podcast. For more free resources to kick debt and financial stress, head over to TheRealDebtFreeDad.com.